Hey there, everybody. This is Scott Grimes. I play Gordon Malloy on the Orville, and you are listening to the Planetary Union Network Orville Fan Podcast. Dig it! Hey everyone, this is Joe Quickle, and if you're looking for Planetary Union Network, the Orville Fan Podcast, you're in the right place. Uh, with me tonight, because we've had some technical difficulties and I couldn't bring Michael on, but uh, with me tonight is the Orville's prop master, Brian Rogers. Uh, welcome to the show, Brian. Well, thank you, Joe. It's really nice to be here, finally. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually my own, my own doing. I've been, I've been keeping extremely close to the vest on the Orville from the inception. And I, I, you know, just because I've had so much creative, you know, thought and effort going into the show. And I know that there is, you know, such a hush hush. And, uh, I kind of instill that. And I just never really talked too much about, you know, anything about the Orville, except, you know, recently after the first season, it was about time to do it. And I thought, you know what, the second season starting in a few weeks and the fans are wanting to, probably hear a little little tidbit here and there about maybe some of the creation of some of my things and um so i thought it'd be a great time to do it and let's uh let's rock all right um so we we did post a little bit of a call for questions on reddit so some of these will be from there but um let's get started with something you mentioned when we actually talked over email uh you told me about one of your priorities involving your main props uh do you want to tell the fans what you've got going with that yeah, I, 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 I've been following, um, you know, some of the fan sites concerning, you know, the, the interest in the props and there's been questions been thrown at me, you know, by, by various people. And, you know, I've been, would love to answer them, but, you know, like I said before, I've been keeping things really tight and close, you know, for obvious reasons. And, um, but, you know, now's the time after the you know first season has been done and now we can talk about it. And, uh, you know, the, the, the thing about, the thing about the Orville for me um, just to give you a quick background check, is that um, I, uh, I started my film career in 1966 as a six-year-old child sitting on the floor of my living room watching NBC's Star Trek. So I watched the three seasons of it, and then uh, at the same time, Lost in Space was going, and I fell in love with the show. And, you know, lo and behold, you know, I, I get involved in the motion picture television industry, and I wind up, you know, in the waning years of my career, because I'm you know, I'm going almost 40 years in um, as a prop master. And um, I'm doing a show that, that's just, you know, like Star Trek, but it's fresh, you know, uh, and it's, it has vision and, it's, and it has hope and humor. And it, and, it, and it inspires me to want to create a whole new line of, of, of weaponry, of alien gadgetry, and, you know, even, even, even down to the foods that we that we use on the show so you know everything that i've you know kind of kind of geared myself up for as uh, a prop man in the industry kind of came to a head when i was called um to do uh, seth mcfarland's uh, orville and um they gave me a lot of free reign to explore and you know look into you know what what kind of 
you know, style and, and, you know, textures and, you know, the beauty of the mechanics of the things that I have, you know, created for the first season and, and for the things that you will see coming up in the second season. Excellent. Uh, so, um, about, uh, creating props for a show like the Orville, can you take me through the process of creating those props? Uh, are you working from concept art, um, or coming up with designs from scratch, a little bit of both? Yes. What, how, for my, for myself, I've, you know, I've always tinkered with, you know, I've always loved, you know, the original phasers and I've always loved even the, even the silly weapons they used on Lost in Space and, and throughout the years of all the different science fiction shows, whether it's Space 1999 or Battlestar Galactica, you know, there's, there's always been, you know, communication devices. There's always been medical devices. There's always been weaponry. And for the Orville, when I approached, when I first got on the show, the very first thing that I did was I walked the halls uh, over at Fox in the production offices. And I was looking at the concept art uh, drawn up by our production designer, Stephen Langweaver. And going through the halls and, and looking at the concepts of the krill ship, of the Orville, of, and, and, and um, other you know, set pieces, um, that, that, that was phase one. Phase two was to look over the artwork and concept designs of Howard Berger of KMB. Um, looking at his textures and colors and design faces. And then the third phase was looking at the concept art of our own costume designer, Joseph Poro, um, looking at armor and um, uniforms and designing and, and looking at textures and realizing, okay, well, we, I realized right off the bat that the, that the Orville coats are going to be longer than the average um, star uh, Starfleet or whatever space uh, academy uniform is going to be, and I had to design drop downs for those that actually fit under uh, that, that latch on, and they drop down below the the belt line because the jackets are so long. So, in, in little details like that, and then when looking at the Orville itself, that was the main key. Um, the ship itself is beautiful, and it, it it gave me an inspiration because I know. You know, we all know uh, that we study, you know, we follow Star Trek and we follow, you know, all these science fiction shows, but specifically Star Trek, because that's always going to be the one that everybody's going to go to. Yeah, that, we know that. Right. So and, and the way they designed those weapons was there was a lot of angles and a lot of little, you know, nuances that gave it kind of a tough military feel. It worked great in the 60s. And then in the um, in the next gen set, in the next generation, you know, they, they, there was a change up and then they were going back and forth with designs. So in looking at the Orville design, it dawned on me right away, everything's curved. There's a beautiful curvature. There's a fluidity to it. So the first thing, the first thing I drew out just on a piece of paper was this bowed kind of um, shape. And it actually, I got a little bit of an inspiration from a uh, faucet that in my house. And I looked at it and it was like, God, that has a really nice, you know, angle to it. It has a really cool kind of a look to it. So I incorporated that into my drawing and um, I took it over to some good friends of mine who do designs and they came up with, you know, four or five designs. And I also went into a little angular and um, a little more angular design. And um, when I presented them, they were, they, they, they were basically just examples like, hey, what do you think of this? 
you know, is this a good starting point? And the very for, the fir, very first renderings I showed Seth, he bought them. He goes, I love them. I mean, it, there wasn't even a, hey, how about this? Or It was like, I love it, do it. Nice. And right from, from that moment, I went, I got this. I, I know <laughs> what, what he wants. You know, I know what the sh- I know what the designs should probably be leaning towards for the union. Um, you know, having it you know, and and just having it look cool and slick and and not not stand out so much, but just it feels natural. It feels like it, and the term has been used to death, but organic. It feels like it, that should be part of their um, their 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 uniform. You know, their their their. Um, landing party belts and all and all of that. So it, it 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 was really a great way to get started. Okay, so that that was basically my inspiration for the union, um, the ship, and and then then from there, and um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm backtracking here. Um, so from, from that point, I went to um, back to the drawings from the production designer and the uh, costume designer and the um, uh, makeup. And I looked at the krill, and I noticed that the krill had these probuses coming out of their chin. Really kind of interesting, unique look. So what I thought was, well, you know, I dropped that down to their pistol. So the, the krill actually had, you know, a pistol and a um, rifle for the pilot. Uh, we only had you know, the, uh, we the union only had the um, the, the PM 44s. So um, so that's how I kind of got started on basically understanding and looking at each main you know character group, and then from that and then we added textures, you know from Joseph Poro's designs and his costume. I was taking um, I was taking this metallic green and I was putting it in the crevices of the gun. And then we, you know, we lit the guns. The, the, the guns themselves are actually really, really beautifully made. Uh, they're probably some of the best guns that I could ever make. Um, we have guns that have full electronics on the inside, uh, lights. Um, they have tappers in them. Um, the, the little PM44 pistols have little micro tappers. So when you pull the trigger, the, the light will come on in the front and then the, the actor can feel the tap, so he knows how when it fires. Oh, very cool. So, yeah, and it's just, and and then the you know the story is the story is is that the, the krill, because they're so, you know, armored and and heavy laden that and th- that I had to put giant tappers in those guns. So there was a scene in the pilot when the shuttlecraft is lifting off from the. Um, science lab base heading back to the Orville away from the marauding um, krill. And, and there's like 10 of these guys and they're all firing. Well, when we were shooting the scene, it's funny, you know, these lights are going, but you hear all these, you hear all these tap, 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 and um, so race and everything else we would come across I it would thing I would look at I would look at the race itself the style of the race the the the, the features of the of the people you know 
guards. We don't bang trigger guards on any of the guns except except for I think a couple of the plants we visited were you know alternate human like. So you know, we left the trigger guards on. And we modified some like Stein machine guns and added extra barrels and you know just had some had some fun with it. But it works, you know, because it, it, it's all a matter of just you know, putting passion into it and getting really creative and adding little nuances to, to, to these kind of pieces that make them like, oh, that's kind of cool. I like that. And, and it's, for me, it's really fun because the guys on the set who are all hardened studio guys who've been in the business forever and nothing ever impresses them, they get very impressed when, you know, I, I, I whip out, you know, 15 curl, you know, rifles. And they go, oh, it looks fantastic. How the hell do you do that? <laughs> and, and it's just like, well, yeah, this is what I do because I'm in my I'm in my wheelhouse. Of all the shows I've ever done, this is my wheelhouse. So this is easy for me. You know, it's getting to the point where it's like, oh, this is, you know, this is getting really, you know, really easy. I thought for season one, uh, season two got a little hairier because it's it's a it's a different different kind of a uh, a vibe for me, um, which I can get into later. But um, yeah, so everything is pretty much uh, me visually looking at uh, inspirations of, of well-respected artisans and, and, and incorporating my designs into theirs. So when I give a Krill a rifle, it looks like that he should have that rifle, you know, cause I had the green, you know, color signatures on, um, the Krill are green. Um, the, the weapons have, have, have green lighting and highlight. Um, the union weapons, um, have, have some blue. And it all it all kind of comes together, and once once you start rolling with that, and, and start getting those 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 positives from Seth, going, this is really cool, this is great, and it just it feeds feeds the fire, you know. And, and every everybody who works on the show knows that it's like when 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 you get rolling with him, it's like you just you just want to keep going and keep making better and better. Uh, so, um, you mentioned about, uh, about other shows and this being your wheelhouse. Uh, so you, you've worked on a lot of different kinds of shows in your career. Murder, She Wrote, CSI New York, Ugly Betty, Newsroom, uh, Sons of Anarchy, uh, did the pilot of Fear the Walking Dead, um, several episodes of American Horror Story. And I was going to ask, like, did you come as a package deal with the spiral staircase? <laughs> but, um... The uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, that was that was kind of unique that happened. Yeah, but uh, so what's the work like on a show uh, where you're not creating science fiction equipment? You know, it, it, there's, there's like when, like when I was working on Murder She Wrote, you know, it's a murder mystery, but you know, you still get to be be creative because there has to be a murder weapon, and it has you know sometimes the murder weapon has to look cool, and you know, it, it's it's more linear. And, and the creative and the creative levels are, are there, but not elevated to the level that a show like the Orville can 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 elevate you to do. Um, you know, and, and you, you say murder she wrote. I actually have been. And this is where it gets really kind of funny. I actually started in props um, prior to murder she wrote. I, was, I became a prop master on murder she wrote, but I actually started the industry in '79. And I started a set dresser and then I was working props. My first, one of my very first prop shows was in 1983 on the original Knight Rider. And, um, but I wasn't the prop master. I was just one of the set guys, but 
um, you know, I dabbled a little bit with, you know, little little science fiction there with, with uh, you know, David Hasselhoff's show. Um, but, the, you know, early 80s TV was, you know, the, the, the level of quality was pretty, <laughs> was pretty, pretty, you know, so-so. Um, and then from there, I went to Airwolf. Um, I did Incredible Hulk. Um, yeah, I just, when I was, I, I was involved in Universal, uh, Universal Studios back in the um, uh, late, 70s, early 80s, and going all the way until 96, I think, or 7 when I finally left there. But I was there when I was part of a studio system, and, and those those studios, once you locked in there, you usually stayed there. They would keep throwing you work and keep keep you there uh, You know, in the old days. Now you have to farm yourself out and sell yourself and, you know, try to just, you know, get as much work as you possibly can. But back in those days, they they handed you work. So when you got into the studio system like that, it was it was kind of fun because you just do show after show after show. And I, I, there were shows I was thinking, you know, they were thinking, God, I forgot I did that show. I did so many shows prior to becoming a prop master. Um, but there's there's really there's really not much difference, honestly, because if it's kind of hard to say this, but it's if you if you have a really creative edge, it doesn't really matter what show you do. It could be linear. It could be very, you know, it could be a cut and dry as a, as a murder mystery or um, a family drama. You still have a creative edge, and you still want to put your mark on it. You want to, you, you just don't want to do, you know, you don't want to do just a dish. You want to do a dish with a little bit of, you know, gold and a little, you know, it's adding little little details to it because it's all for props. It's all about the details. See, set set deck. If you if you Neon says no. Um, there's a there's a there's a group called set dressers, and those are under the set decorator, and those are also prop people, but it's a different faction of prop people. What they deal with is you know dressing sets and you know making the set looks really good and and um, and, and and basically dressing a set. Prop guys will come in, and we add the details, and we also add all the action props. Anything that an actor touches, smokes, eats, drinks, or shoots is a prop. So. And that and that falls under a lot of categories on every show. You know, every time an actor walks into a room and touches something, that's a prop. So when I get to a show like Orville, that you know, all of a sudden I'm, I'm creating you know civilizations of of props. Um, the the up down button. I mean, you know, you're going, right. oh god, this is crazy. You know, you and but you, but you're in it, and once you're in it, you you just you you roll with it, and you just you become you know, you make your bones. You 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 get the approvals, and you you run with it, and you don't stop, and you get really good products from that because, you know, I have an amazing amazing group of people under me. I, I this there's no way I could do a show like this without the amount of people that I have working for me, and have worked with me you know, within the within the show and then outside um, independence, um, you know, helping me you know create and and it, it has to be a, a village it takes a village of of creatives to to make a show like this yeah i, I it it just it amazes me <laughs> honestly with um all the moving parts and uh, every, everyone involved that we've talked to a lot of people and um we've and gone on the set and it's just it's mind-blowing mind-blowingly spectacular 
Well, Joe, after 40 years, it still blows my mind. I mean, I, you know, I, I still walk on and I go, and, and, and there's times I'm walking, I'm walking on the Orville set and I'm going, I can't believe I'm standing in this thing. <laughs> you know, it's, it, to me, it's like, I, I, you know, I'm six years old again and, and, I'm, and I'm in my world. And I am happy, happy, happy. Um, and and, and uh, a happy prop guy makes really good props. So, you know, obviously, obviously <laughs> I've been pretty happy because my, my props have been uh, – been uh, uh, you know talked about and 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 oogled, and I know that there's I know that there's a, there's plenty of uh, there's a couple of people out there that are uh, making some um, replicas and, they, and they're looking pretty good you know they they look pretty good and and, it, and it's kind of like hey that's cool that's like that's that's my stuff you know and it, and it, it's fun it really is it it, it it's it's like um, I, I could see why I'm not. I'm personally not a cosplayer, um, but I, I can see why people would really love and gravitate to that because it, it, it really is. It's, it's fun. It takes you away. You know, we've got enough stuff going on in this world. It's great to have a show to, to make you feel like hope and enlightenment and, and, and humor and, and, it, it, and, and family and friendship and, it, and it, that's that's one of the great things about this show it, it it has all the tropes and all the elements of every other science fiction show before it but it's done just a little differently and i think that's that's going to be you know that's the key to this to this really really fun science fiction show mm -hmm. so uh this so one of the one speaking of the props and one of those props yeah, one uh, one of the Reddit users wanted to know how many genuine uh, Latchkin balls are out there, and can any of them actually extend a spike? Oh God! <laughs> oh, the Latchkin ball. Yeah, the Latchkin ball was really really fun. We um, most of the things I have I have a box in 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 my uh, in my garage from season one, and it contains about two hundred pieces of napkins, scrap paper, you know, anything I could draw on because. A lot of times the inspiration hits hard and fast and you got to grab whatever you can to get it down on paper. And the last Alaskan ball was basically a, a, a piece of paper that I grabbed out of the printer blank, threw it on, threw it, drew a big egg and then did all these, um, um, symbols on it. And I thought, huh, kind of interesting. Last them, you know, it, cause it was described as a football. But Seth didn't want a football. He didn't want football shaped. So I thought, well, you know, the egg was pretty big with the Mocklin, so maybe maybe I'll kind of emulate that a little bit, you know, and kind of give it a little bit of that egg feel. And it turned out to be one of the most hilarious scenes we did last last season. And um, there were only there were only two latchkin balls. Um, one was hard rubber, and one was solid um, solid wood. And they, the blades do not come out. No. <laughs> they are totally inert, unfortunately. But the, the sequence was great because it was all through the bait and switch and uh, well, what we call cowboy switch. Is um, uh, Do you want me to tell you how I did it? Yeah. Okay. So what happens is, is when, when Seth, when they're, when, they're, when they're passing the Alaskan ball back and forth and, and Mercer hesitates that one second and the and the blade comes out and pierces his hand uh we use what's called um what used to be called toupee tape but now it's what we call top stick tape and it, and we, it, it worked perfectly we put it on the side 
Seth grabbed it, inspected his hand, and they optically put the blade in. And, and it stood up and he screamed and it was, it happened so fast and, and good. Nobody even thought about it. It looked like it really went through his hand and the, the, the set laughed. Everybody <laughs> laughed. It was really, really well. And he played it perfectly. And especially when the, when, uh, when, uh, Bordas and Clyde, you know, like, you know, raise their hands like, you know, let's go. You know, that was great. It was, it was fun. And it was, it was, it was, it was, it was that kind of a moment that we're all like, we love to do on those, sh- on the show. Yeah, that that was a great moment. I there's so many great moments involving just little subtle subtle humor. Well, there's a lot of overt humors as well, but the subtle things are phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. So there's uh, uh, another another Reddit question was um, uh-huh. there there's a long tradition of sci-fi shows reusing props from other shows. Uh, does the Orville re- reuse any props we might recognize other than the set piece we already talked about, which isn't really a prop, but was the staircase from American horror story. Yes. Um, as, as for, for, in, for my department and the things that I create are little, literally from scratch. We, we, uh, and let me, let me rephrase that. In my designs, everything that I've been dictated to make is from scratch. We didn't want to have anybody go, oh, that looks like a phaser that's upside down. Or, No, I, I don't. I, everything is, is coming from you know, deep inside this brain of mine. But again, you, know, you have to remember that it's, there's nothing that really truly hasn't been done. I mean, if you just go on the Internet and you just, you just punch up space weapons, you'll get thousands of pictures of space weapons because of, of video games. There are so many different kinds of weapon weaponry made in video games that you can line them all up and you'll go, well, gee, that one looks like that one, and that one looks like that one, and that one looks like that one. So there's really nothing that's original, but I don't use anything from a previous show and then, you know, unless it's called for in a script that I haven't seen yet. You know, that may come down in season four or five. I don't know. But, but for now, no, everything we do is original. All right. Now, what I will do, what, but what I will do, I will, I will follow up with that. And I will say that I, I will take sometimes existing, you know, modern day things and twist them around and put a couple, you know, pieces on it. Um, especially if it's a, you know, a piece like, like the, um, um, the, the, the tri machine guns, the three barreled uh, machine guns um, for the, um, the second episode um, if uh, the, the, the bioship. Mm-hmm. Um, those, were, those were basically you know, Sten machine guns, but I just added you know, you know, two, two other barrels and, and, some, and, and gold colored um, uh, restrictors on the end. And, you know, it, it looked great because the guys looked like they would carry that kind of thing. You know, they were wearing these kind of a funky uniform and they looked like and, and nobody went, oh, that doesn't look like it looked great. It looked right. fine. And, and, and so, so, yeah, that's that's about the extent that I do of, of you know, taking somebody else's idea and then and, and adding to it. So what's uh, what's your favorite thing you've built for the show so far? I mean, um, I guess season one. I don't we can't go too much into season two, but. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Season two is going to be oh, oh boy. Um, no season season one. I had so many. Um, you know what? I really enjoyed. There was one time we we got into a oh, boy season one. Um, I I really enjoyed. I really 
like the uh, the PM four eighty eight shotgun, the plasma shotgun. I, that one has a special place in my heart. I really enjoyed that. I, I really enjoyed making that weapon for Laura. That that, that one was, was really fun for me uh, because that was a that was a quickie. That was that was Seth wanting a weapon for her, and I didn't have much time. I mean, usually it takes, for example, um, uh, a crow rifle. Crow rifle took about six weeks to make, and fortunately, I had a, a Christmas break. Um, so I had a, a couple extra weeks to, to get it made because right after Christmas, we started shooting about mid-January in 2017. Yeah. So I, I had a little bit more time. But when, when, you're, when you're building and creating these weapons, there's, there's, there's phases. You know, there's, there's the initial, initial drawing. And then what I tried to do, especially uh, on the pilot with John Favreau, was to get prototypes. So they could physically feel the gun in their hand. So that's 3D printing. And that could take a little bit of time. But the Crow rifle was like a 72-hour print just for the master. Wow. And then halfway through the print, the, the machine malfunctioned over the weekend, and they had to start over from scratch. So it's, it, it's a really it's, it's a challenging thing to make these, make these things, but... You know, each show has a has a has a really um, even down to the silliest the silliest. I call it the silliest because it was to me it wasn't that hard, but it, it seemed to help. Um, there was a scene we did in season one where it was karaoke, and nobody asked for it. But I just thought, you know what, it'd be kind of fun to make kind of a, a microphone that didn't really look like a microphone, but could be a microphone. So you know, I just I had this very very you know, simple, elegant, you know, tube, you know, made with uh, a ball with a light in it. And we put some, put some um, elements inside of it. So it had a little glow and, and we used it as the microphone and it, it, it worked, you know, when Bordas was going to sing and he told him, you know, and he was going to sing and, 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 it, and those kind of little things, those little details that, that, that put that smile on that, that sparkle in, in his eye. Cause he, he, he loves, he loves gadgets. Love them. So for me, this is this is like a marriage made in heaven because I love making gadgets. So, in in and I'm and is and I'm still trying to re, recall in my mind all the props from season one. Um, let's see, um, on that table, yeah, um, uh, the sonium tube. I enjoyed that. I liked the sonium tube. The sonium tube was fun for the shuttle uh, mm-hmm. when the when the kid did crash land on the planet. Um, you know, it just put a, a really cool um, grown crystal inside this canister and, and lit up. And it was it was easy and simple, but it worked, you know, and, and that's things. Some of the props that I make aren't overly complicated. They just seem to fit and they seem to work. Um, some of the other things I've made. Oh, my God. Um, oh, the birthing pot. Birthing pot was fun. Oh, OK. Now we're talking. Um, we're talking um, the, the, the Krill Bible. Pro uh, Bible yeah. was a whopper. Oh, that was a whopper. That that was the biggest book I think I've ever made in my life. Um, that, that thing was real. That was a real bound book. That wasn't fake. That thing weighed thirty five pounds, and wow. it had crystals in it, and it was and it was it was fun. And then all the printing, every page is printed, so you know they can they can scan as many pages as they wanted. And then we had the artwork done of the of the uh, of Avis, and we stuck that in there too. 
And, and that was another great episode. I mean, each one has, you know, each one has elements to it that you could pick out a certain prop that's, that, that's kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. And that's kind of fun. Sometimes you see it for a brief, you know, five seconds, 10 seconds. And sometimes you see it longer. Most people, I mean, if you think about it, even in the pilot, the, the, the little nuances of when they first come, not in the pilot, I want to back that, in the second episode, in, again, in the bioship, when they go to the, uh, the cabin and they knock on the door, and the woman answers, and, and uh, Mercer says, hey, we're, hi, we're, you know, here to say hello, and she leaves, and then the, the husband comes back. Well, he had a tri shotgun. He had a shotgun with three barrels in it. So what I do is, is I take, you know, I'll take elements like, I'll take the number of three, and I'll put threes in things, you know, three barrels here or three barrels there, and everything will have threes on this one planet. Sometimes it's so subtle, you'll never notice it, but... You know, sometimes you do, and sub- sometimes subconsciously you see, you notice it, and don't even know it. So, you know, that's part of the fun too. So, there's not really a great fun. Um, I, let me rephrase this. <laughs> there's not really a super standout because each one of of the things that I've been able and been allowed to to create. Um, because I'm the luckiest guy in the world to be able to be, make this stuff. I mean, there's not too many prop men around in, in Hollywood or, or anywhere else that uh, on, on this level of, of TV that, that can have the license to, to make this level of, of, of prop, um, uh, you know, the, 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 um, the medical scanner for Claire, the, um, um, the, uh, the, uh, the, the keyboards, the, the keyboards that, that Mercer uses in his office, those are those are actually the thinnest plastic. Those 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 little keyboards get so thin at the end. It's almost like a razor edge because they're so they're so tight. But we have to be able to stuff LEDs in there because all that's natural lighting. That's real lighting in there, and they're self-contained. So and, and that's the other thing is we, we self-contain a lot of the the lighting and the LEDs because LED technology has helped out tremendously. You know, in, in, the, in the past two years, it's helped that incredibly because of the new advancements of being able to change colors and things like that. So it helps us a lot. The banana ager, you know, that's kind of an iconic thing. <laughs> um, you know, like I said, you, you can go through and you, you talk about each episode and, and you could break down, you know, the props on each one. And, and it could be, like I said, as, as subtle as that or... Or, or even when they're having a party and they and they pan across the, the the food table and you know those you see these amazing colors and 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 designs coming out of plates and and glasses and I have a food stylist that you know spends hours and hours and days you know designing and making and it, it's she's amazing Trish uh, Trish Riley is just one of one of the best food stylists in in, in Hollywood and I'm really lucky to have her on this show because she really um, Seth loves loves the things she brings to the table, um, you know the the progress cake. You know everybody. They, they, we still talk about the progress cake. You know even in season two we were chatting about the progress cake. Everybody loves the progress cake um, because it's that, that that simple you know you know multicolor yellow silver yellow silver cake. But it's and that's the one that Fortis ate that you know that that um, Yafet had to go down and get out of them because they <laughs> stuck mm-hmm. a piece of Yafet in the progress cake. Yeah. So you know. Like I said, each each episode has elements and props that some take a great deal of time and and some take you know less time. But each prop is really important to us, and and 
there's really no there's really no true true favorites. Um, well, my personal favorite, of course, is my first baby, which is the PM44. But um, yeah, I just and I, I'm really it makes it makes me feel really satisfied knowing that you know I make you know the fans of the show you know happy that there's you know cool weaponry and cool things and we're not we're not we're not cheating anything we're 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 giving them the most we can give them doing a TV show so going back uh going back to the to the uh to the table <laughs> the the we posted that picture um around social media which I mean, we you saw because we tagged you in it but um mm-hmm. uh we had a lot of people um really wondering about why there's a physical model of Yafit <laughs> There's a phys- there's a physical model of Yafit for a very simple reason, because when you're walking down a hallway, when we put we put that Yafit on a very low skateboard, and we'll pull him or push him through a scene, and they'll take him out and put the optical one in, but it gives the actor something to play off of, and it, and it's and it gives them a, um, a a realistic view of what they're talking to, as opposed to you know just throwing a beanbag down there. You know this Yafit has a face and a mouth. And it's funny because sometimes we'll walk into engineering, and my guys will put the outfit, you know, you know, back in the back on the upper deck. And when you walk through, you just kind of glance over, and you, you almost want to say, "Hey, outfit," because he looks like he looks he looks natural, he looks real, and um, that's one of the reasons why he's he's basically a stand-in. All right. But he had to be designed. Yeah, and he's 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 the spec. He's he's the spec of the real one. So yeah, that's why he's there. Okay, and uh, has a um, has a prop ever worked perfectly in all of the rehearsal takes, and then just refused to work uh, when it was being used in the actual shoot? Um. Well, you know, the thing about that is that's kind of. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple instances. Yeah, there's always that. There's always that chance. Um, I'm trying to think of the one. There was one that we had that was. Probably the, the, there was a fire extinguisher that I made for a console that was a little problematic. Um, it, it finally functioned well, but we had to, we had to, I think we had to do that in, um, in a plate. Um, I think we had a Laura, you know, blasting a uh, console that wasn't on fire. And then they comped it in with a, with a console that was on fire. Um, it, it finally worked well in, in, in editing. You would never even know. It looked like she actually put the fire out, and that was great. But that that one was a little problematic. And there was another, I think it was one more. Well, it's not. It, yeah. What else was there? Um, um, no, you know what? The thing is, everything worked so well last season that you, you the, the 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 hiccups that you would get on on a on a prop that didn't function, that, that, that goes away. Especially if it's one that's, you know, maybe a one out, you know, uh, we're going to an alien race and they've got a certain, you know, thing. Um, it's either, I don't have enough of them, like the up and down badges. I was, I was short on those, um, with the lit ones. That was, that was a toughie. Uh, I didn't make enough of the lit ones. Um, I had, I had 50 other ones that didn't light up, but you know, we needed, we needed, um, you know, more of the lit ones, but we got around that. Um, it, it, there's always a challenge. There's always there's always a little challenge, but but the thing is, it, it's how it's handled. And and at the end of the day, 
the audience will never know, and, and, and they were entertained. But, yeah, I, d- I didn't have any really major issues with any of my props. All right. Um, so we uh, – I, I sometimes forget about what we know versus what everybody in the public knows. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, know. We, we know quite a bit about season two. Um, but uh, uh, just kind of kind of curious, and I know a lot of people are, but I, and without giving really anything away and mm-hmm. hyping it up as much as possible um, – what 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 kind of new props? Not necessarily, um, mm-hmm. not necessarily. You know who's using them or in what mm-hmm. context. But uh, you know, new weapons, new anything in you know general we can talk about. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, the thing is, I, I I've been I've been like I said in from the beginning. I am very close. I mean, I could tell you, but it, it, you know, there's. We definitely have new weapons for season two. We have, um, uh, I can't tell you who, but we do have some pretty fucking cool guys <laughs> coming out. Um, the audience is going to be really digging it. Um, and um, there is some things that will be very surprising. Um, so I, I can't, yeah, see, the thing is I can't, I can't because the show is, the fans, the fans will dig and they'll dig and they'll, they'll figure it out. But there, there's going to be there's, there's episodes that have some, just some awesome stuff. And and I was, and we've seen some of the stuff in the trailer. Okay, so we we did see something. You know, we saw Mercer on top of a mountaintop and he had some. He was pushing a button on something and it was doing that. Right. Um, but you don't know what that is and. Um, but yeah, there's, 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 there's a bit, there's, there's quite a bit. I mean, there's, as well as, you know, you've, you, you know, you've been, you've had your finger on the pulse on the show since the beginning with, with Tom and, 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 and you've been following and, and you know, um, the things, but I, you know, for me, it's just, it, my, my DNA just says, I, I just, I just don't want to tell it. I know you want, I want to get the audience really excited and they will be. I mean, I, I can, if I'm excited about this show, I mean, and I'm excited about the things that I make and, and, and how it works out. And my jaw is dropping constantly when I'm watching the show, you know, you work on a show and you work on a set and you, and you're doing the bridge scenes and they're reacting to something, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's fun. But then when you see the finished result of, of every artisan on the show putting their efforts in with visual effects and, and the music and, and, and the textures and the editing and, just, and the lighting and everything, and, and you go, this show is gorgeous. It is an absolutely stunning show. And this year, this season is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. This, is, this, this show is huge this show is huge for season two i mean even bigger than season one i mean we're, we're we're going we're doing worlds and we're doing you know situations that are just twice as big as first season because now we're now we're getting into the characters now we really are getting a, a good grasp on them so we're following the characters so we don't we don't need to really focus on understanding them we know who they are now so now we get to see them interplay with all these new elements and these new situations, and you know, you're rooting for them, and you're and you're hoping for them, and you and you you want them, you know, to 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 do good and and to get through it, and it, it's great. It really is. It's it's a it's really truly a, a wonderful show um, for you know, humanity. It really is. It, it gives it gives people hope that yeah, somewhere down the down the road we may be at that level 
you know, and not dark and not, you know, militaristic and not, you know, just grungy. It's, it's bright. It's, it, 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 we have families on the, on the ship. We have, you know, we, we, we've got, you know, we've got kids, you know, you know, Claire has, you know, two children and they have, they, they're, they go to school somewhere on the ship, you know, and, and there's, so, you know, there's families and, and, and there's, you know, it, it's just a great, it's a great experience for me um, in my career to, to be able to do a show like the Oracle. And we cannot wait to see it. <laughs> um, and, and you and me both. I, I, I'm dying. I, I want to see the first, the first episode. I really, I go, come on, come on. I want to see this. And, and we, um, and anybody listening to this and I am, I'm sure you know as well because basically everybody in production realizes that we don't really get into uh, into spoiling things either. <laughs> so I totally right. understand right. the uh, um, right. The yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know. It's like, but but it, it's the tease. It's like you know, right. I'm, I'm, I've got, I've got, I could, you know, I tell you what. Let's get let's get through season two. We'll we'll go back on season three and we'll we'll reconvene and then we can talk about all the amazing stuff on season two and then I can tell you all the better shit I'm making for season three. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great to us. I wanted to thank you very much for the opportunity because it was you know like I said the fans you know I, I've been seeing I've been watching you know and I've been very restrained but. I, I could see that there's a little, there's fervor out there and they, they want, you know, they want, they want, and, and, and if they want, I'm going to give them. Yeah. We, uh, we, we definitely thank you for, for joining. And, um, yeah, we're looking forward to, uh, to coming back at the, in the, um, in the off season and, and talking about all the, uh, the cool props that I know some of that can't, and can't say shit about either. <laughs> Um, I know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, cool. All yeah. right, so it's terrible. We can't talk about these. I, I know, yet. yeah, but yeah, but you know, but as 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 the as every episode will progress, there'll there'll, there'll be there'll be responses, and there'll be there'll be some there'll be some oohs and ahs. There'll be some oohs and ahs. All right. Well, uh, thanks again for uh, joining. Well, I guess me uh, this evening, Brian, and. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to it and looking forward to next time. Oh, Joe, thank you. Thank you very much for giving me the time. Thanks again to Brian Rogers for joining us on Planetary Union Network. Uh, that's all we've got for now. So follow us on Twitter, Planetary underscore Union, Facebook, Planetary Union Network, Instagram, also Planetary Union Network, and our website at planetaryunion.net.
Media Production. <laughs>